In today's episode, I am joined by the illustrator, graphic designer, and visual mastermind behind Reiner Knizia's Criminal Capers Collection. That's Paul Halcyon, the artist for Soda Smugglers, Hot Lead, and Puma Fiosi, three games that are currently on Kickstarter right now. Here and now, you will have the pleasure of learning more about Paul, as well as the Criminal Capers universe that he has created, including the characters and Easter eggs that breathe life into these games. My name is Nick Murray, and this is the Bytewing Games Podcast. Paul Halcyon is an illustrator, graphic designer, and the creative director of Uinta Alcyon. Paul desires to unite the peoples of the world. Finding ways to connect is far more valuable than finding ways to divide. He believes in the good in all people. While shadow has its place, Paul chooses to celebrate the light. His inspiration comes from diverse cultures and the natural. For him, it's especially about the people. He has a deep love of the human soul. Paul, when not working, can be found in the hills. If you see him on a trail, ask him how he broke his toe. Or just keep listening in this episode because I've I've read this introduction to Paul enough times that I'm, I'm too curious. And I'm going to ask him today, what's with this broken toe? But we'll get there in a little while. Paul, how are you doing? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good, Nick. Yeah, it's good to have you here. And we, uh, you know, we have a lot of phone conversations pretty frequently and definitely lots of emails and texts going back and forth as we communicate about uh, Bytewing Games, because for those who don't know, Paul Paul Halcyon has been our illustrator and graphic designer for the Criminal Capers Collection, a uh, three 20-minute card games that are currently on Kickstarter. And so that's going to be a little bit about what we talk about today. But, um, you know, Paul is our our guest today, and he's a very interesting person to talk to. So we're going to learn all about Paul. And uh, so, Paul, why don't, why don't you tell us more about yourself? Those who are listening who don't know anything about you, let's let's hear some details. <laughs> so, uh, well, I'm Paul, and uh, you know, I I like to uh, just get out and and get out on adventures, and I really like to connect with people, and that that's a big uh, motivation to most of what I do. Um, and you know, I'm I've got some schooling in art, and and uh, my favorite projects, unlike most of the other the other artists, my favorite projects were the ones where I was working with people, which works really well moving into illustration, you know, because it's just working with people. I feel like I have something to offer, they have something to offer, and everyone involved has something to offer. And that's that's the way we get to something bigger than all of us, you know. Mm. And so um, yeah, and I I'm big into the outdoors. I really enjoy a good adventure and camping. I've got a backpacking trip that I'm going on here soon and been excited about that and planning that and just good good fun play hard mm-hmm. uh illustrate hard you know everything's just about doing it kind of extreme and having a blast absolutely you know? where, are you, where are you going backpacking soon and connecting yeah. going back up to our old romping grounds going up into uh logan canyon oh nice uh, there's a, a nice little trail up there it goes into some old really old pine forest where they're just dark and almost like you know the, the trees are just massive, and I'm looking forward to it. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a two nighter. It's not super long one. It's just a 15 mile backpacking trip. Man, so man, yeah. you always make me jealous with your uh, your outdoor pictures and stuff, and and the videos that you share on your uh, social media accounts like Instagram. Because 
Yeah. I mean, Utah is a beautiful place and where you currently live, there's, there's so much diversity as far as the, the scenery and the landscape and the national parks and the mountains and just going out in the backyard into the woods or the hills and, and plenty to explore around there. Oh yeah. That's a great plan. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So, and I know you, you, uh, draw for those who follow your account, we see a lot of hiking and, uh, backpacking and those style of, of illustrations. I think those have provided a, a great inspiration to you, but what, what got you into art and graphic design in the first place? <laughs> so, so I've always been, um, I don't know, all my life, everyone was telling me I was an artist, you know, and, and, uh, when that's what people tell you that you do good, you tend to just do more of that. You know, it's nice to get the praise. It's it's what gets you going. Yeah. Um, but honestly, I I really wanted to go in and be a scientist. I love I love the sciences, especially uh, entomology, like you know insects. Oh, cool. And uh, and so that's what I wanted to do. And I was going to I was going to my plan was just to go out and become a photographer and go out study study the the rare and the undiscovered insects and do a little bit of oceanography related to the insects too, that are, you know, uh, you know, in the water and everything. That was my plan. When I got looking at school, I thought, man, that's a lot of schooling for not a very big paycheck. <laughs> yeah. You know? and so, so I was just trying to decide what do I want to do? Not that I need a big paycheck. And, uh, and then I just turned back to the, the art talent. I thought, well, maybe I'll go in and teach because as a teacher, it would give me a lot of a lot of connecting with people, which is what I like. I mean, I was, I was a shy kid as a, you know, and maybe that's why I need to connect so much to people now is because I spent so much time so shy. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, well, maybe if I go into school and I was so nervous about that and trying to decide everything. And that's finally where I landed was just just going into school to to teach. To become a teacher my oh. goal was to teach at a university and and do art and also just explore and then do the entomology on the side but life just comes at you and it changes you and it changes your paths uh, i don't think there's anything wrong with that uh, i had a, a professor he gave me the best advice ever and this advice actually changed who i was um and it actually landed me where i'm at right now but he uh he asked me what I wanted to do, and I told him I wanted to teach. And uh, he was an art art professor, and he he uh, he told me he said, "Paul, don't don't get yourself set on any path." And I thought that was a little odd, you know, because I'm like, "Well, he's doing what I want to do," and he's like, "Don't get yourself set on any path," because I was going to go in, and he told me what his plans were. I don't remember what they were, and he said he never even thought that he would ever teach but it became one of the most rewarding, fulfilling things in his whole life, you know? Yeah. And he said, if he would have been set on what he was going to do, he would have missed that opportunity. So he told me, don't get set because you'll miss the opportunities. And so that's what I did. And, uh, and so I just kind of went out and chased the opportunities and I decided instead of being a teacher, maybe I ought to be a gallery artist. And so I started doing fine arts, oil painting, sculpting, and um, uh, I loved using Conte crayon, which is a type of charcoal. And so I was going into that, and and uh, I was in I was in a few galleries, and I was approaching libraries, and I was doing book arts, which is a 
sculptural form of books, just really getting immersed deeply into the, the fine art side of, uh, of art. And, and then um, I was getting awards and everything. It was a lot of fun. Uh, but life, like I said, you know, life comes at you and changes you. And so when I was doing that, I just had a little tragedy come across and it changed my life. I went through a divorce and, um, and because of that, I, I didn't quite finish the schooling and I was just kind of lost, really lost for, for years. And I was just decided that, that uh, all I wanted to do was play. So that's all I did was just play, play, play. I put art to the side and all I wanted was just to experience life because when, when something really tragic happens in life, I think there's two types of people. There's, there's those who, who uh, safeguard themselves and hide. And then there's those who safeguard themselves by running. And that's what I did. And so I just ran and played. And it was a lot of fun. I got into the outdoors and I decided not to do art. I just didn't know what I was going to do. Didn't really care. Wasn't in a bad place, just, in, just, just moving, you know. And then from there, I, uh, from there, I just, just was doing card games, making my own card games. And, and uh, then I had an opportunity. Someone asked if I would do some illustrations for them for their brand. They were an apparel brand. And, that, and I thought, well, sure, it would be a little job that would give me a little extra cash. And then that, that changed me again. You know, so I went through another change. And it, it took me into uh, branding for, for apparel and landed my first design landed in REI oh, wow. you know across the nation yeah. and it moved a ton of money um a ton of retail money i don't know the exact number but somewhere in 300,000 oh, retail money wow. you know That's cool. and be- yeah and because that happened it opened doors for me and so since then i've just been doing branding working mostly in apparel and and then i just decided i wanted to do, to do more illustrations so that's when I got onto Instagram, start pushing illustrations there, and just to see what would happen, see how people would respond. And it's a long story, but that's that's how I got that's there. That's cool. Yeah, that that is quite the journey, and uh, I think that's a really good counsel that your your art professor gave you. Just to you know, don't get don't get stuck on on one plan, but to be open to opportunities. Uh, you know, I, I I'm on a similar trajectory in the sense that I uh, you know went through four years of undergrad. Um, it was, it was a business undergrad and, um, moved on to dental school for four years and, and, uh, you know, going through that, it was like, you know, I'm happy with settling for, for general dentistry. And there's a lot of variety and interesting things you can do there. And, you know, some, some of my classmates went on to specialize and they're still in, uh, in school or in, in training for their specialty now. And, it just keeps going on and on, but uh, yeah, it's been it's been a really fulfilling and interesting journey. But I never expected to to be going through dental school and then suddenly deciding like, hey, I want to start a board game publishing company, which is way you know <laughs> complete opposites of the spectrum from uh, dentistry. But you know, here I am doing both. Uh, you know, one in the morning, one in the evening, and uh, it's it is as you say, it's it's very fulfilling to to just be open to those things and, and courageous to, to try them and pursue them. And, and here we are now in the middle of a, uh, well, not during this recording, but very soon in the middle of a, a Kickstarter campaign for three 
criminal capers games from mm-hmm. Reiner Kinesia. And uh, it's crazy how our paths have brought us together. You know, I, I don't think I, uh, you know, I probably met you, like you said, when you started doing uh, branding for attire, uh, because I got a job at Badger Screen Printing in, in Logan, Utah, my hometown. And, and that's where I met you. And uh, I was just like the grunt worker who was, uh, <laughs> who was folding shirts and, uh, <laughs> and packaging them up in boxes to send them to the, uh, the people, the customers who ordered them while you were doing the, the really cool, fancy screen printing and, and kind of the, one of the lead printers there. Um, so yeah, I mean, that was, that was where I, I got to meet you and that was a lot of fun getting to know you there. Oh, those were good times yeah yeah and those were good times totally you know and uh i know on your end a lot of the printing was very technical and you had to to uh be very careful not to like overhear things or or line things up incorrectly but despite all that you you still managed to entertain me with your stories and and our conversations uh, while we were doing a lot of this manual labor you know <laughs> so yeah and i yeah i ended up with uh I know you were doing some, I think you, do you still do, do jobs for psychological and such? Um, uh, I'm still, yeah, a little bit connected with them. I don't do too much for them anymore. They've, they've moved into a coffee shop rather than an apparel. Oh, so oh, I, okay. I don't do as much for them anymore. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, you were, you know, that's, yeah. you were doing uh, these really awesome shirt designs for them. And then you were making them at Badger screen printing. And I was seeing these coming down the, uh, the the dryer and off the belt and i'm like these are the coolest shirts i've ever seen you know it's like there's like a a bear on a unicycle i don't know if that one was specifically psychological with a with a tie there was the godzilla it was okay yeah yeah. and then there's like godzilla on a bike (laughs) riding through the city just spewing out gears of you know like kind of like fire but spewing out these gears there was one with a uh, a duck (laughs) <laughs> which above water it looked like it would have just been swimming like kicking its legs swimming around but below water it was on a bike <laughs> and these 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 illustrations always i got such a big kick out of them i still wear these shirts today even what has it been like six or seven years since then and uh yeah i mean i still oh yeah it's been a while yeah, yeah. i still wear these shirts and and very much appreciate them and so your your illustrations have stuck with me all these years <laughs> Oh, I'm glad they have. Yeah. And yeah. so, no, oh, thank you. That's, that's really kind. Yeah. yeah. And even when I started designing uh, card games and board games, I thought to myself, you know, if I, if I ever get a publisher to sign this, I'm going to try to talk them into Paul illustrating it because he would be great for this theme that I was designing or whatever. Um, but so, you know, obviously when, when it came time for us to decide to get into publishing and we were thinking up these themes, I realized like, oh, Paul is perfect for this. And I could see your art style, um, you know, kind of imagining the end product here. I could see your art style on these games. And I, I thought, this is perfect. I don't think there's anyone else who could do this better than Paul. And sure enough, here we are with Soda Smugglers, Hot Lead, and Puma Fiosi. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they were just, you know, titles with great game designs, but, you know, just a blank slate of components. And, and you've really brought them to life here. And uh, it's interesting to, to watch how you have done this. Um, and I, I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about the lore and the backstory behind each game in the Criminal Capers collection. And we, we started with Soda Smugglers. Um, do you remember how, how you uh, approached that specific game? So, so uh, when we started with smo- Soda Smugglers, uh, when we started with Soda Smugglers, um, 
at the at the time we just had hadn't created much of the world yet but we had just started into it and we knew we knew at first that we wanted to create these three games and um and we had them all kind of divided but we started to realize that they all overlapped you yeah. know and yeah and so so once we realized that we started to merge the worlds and and soda smugglers uh it it led it it led the whole thing with this you know quirky just fun just you know like like who's who's upset with anyone smuggling soda you know and <laughs> yeah. so it created this this wacky world mm -hmm. to start out and and that's that's where we ended up and then when we moved into the other ones we took that wackiness and and you know when we we had puma fiosi and so we're like well how do we combine all of that um you know and so as we just developed each one it, the world just got deeper and deeper and and one thing that i've enjoyed is storytelling you know that from working together but the storytelling is just something i feel it's a good way to connect with people and um doing it visually is just just incredible fun and a great way to connect with people and that's what these these worlds have created and, and from soda smugglers giving the quirky aspects to puma fiosi giving us you know an animal an anthropomorphic anthropomorphic uh world you know and then hot lead giving us the the um officers or the detectives that are kind of anti puma fiosi yeah. you know yeah. what i mean and so all of this came together and created a real solid world and it's like um i think what makes it real fun the illustrations makes what makes the illustrations really interesting is if i stay interested in the world and i'm digging into it and I'm having fun and trying to figure out, well, what's next? You know, it's, even though I'm creating it, it's almost like, like I'm entering into the world, you know? Yeah. I mean? And yeah. so I'm entering into it. I'm learning it. And while I do add stuff and you know, like, I don't like that, I'm going to yank that out. You know, it does create, like you say, a, a lore, you know, a, a, a backstory to, to something that really has no backstory, <laughs> but, but we've put a backstory there and that's, that's been incredibly fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've had a blast. Uh, it's like Christmas every time you send me a proof or, you know, a, a new <laughs> concept or illustration because it's like, oh, man, what is he cooking up next? And it's it's always, always, always been amazing uh, to see what you've you've cooked up. I, I remember Soda Smugglers was the first game that that we had you working on. And I remember approaching you and just saying, we want a colorful game, uh, soda themed. And, you know, if you can come up with like five or so soda brands um you know that that are just fun and like kind of really uh kind of pay respect to to retro soda brands but also are unique and, and interesting in their own way and i was not expecting you to come up with what you did you know and you just blew us away like one of these sodas is called atoll is it atoll is how you pronounce it atoll tropic atoll atoll, atoll yeah atoll tropic and it's a i think that's yeah yeah, yeah. and it's it's a pineapple soda but then the soda bottle is shaped like a pineapple and that just blew my mind. And it's shaped and colored like that. And it's like, Oh my gosh, I want to drink this. This looks amazing. And, uh, and then the other, another interesting one that you came up with was uh, lady cola, which I it, like, if you look at the, the way this is designed, there's subtle nods to, to the designs of like Coca-Cola and Pepsi, which is very uh, uh, interesting how you were able to, you know, both nods to that, but also with the name kind of Dr. Pepper, Lady Cola, Mr. Pib, <laughs> and get sneak a la yeah. lady into these. There's, a, there's another. Oh, go ahead. There's another thing with Lady Cola. Yeah. 
uh, when I was looking it up, there's also a Star Trek character by the name of Lady Cola. Right. And so if you if you look on the bottle, there's a little little hint towards uh, towards a Star Trek emblem on there. You know, just little Easter egg on there. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, lot yeah, of fun all these subtle those. nods and like the <laughs> the I I don't think it took me. I don't think I figured it out initially. But when you did a Granny's bath bubble soda. It was just like, why is it granny's bath bubble? And then I realized, oh, it's a granny apple. You got me. Okay. <laughs> and just like, it's just so fun to look at all these, these soda bottles and, and they are front and center on the cards in soda smugglers. And then we took that a step further and, and made the point tokens into bottle caps, which turned out amazing as well. Um, yeah. And they, they're so fun to play with. And um have you seen the pictures that we've i've sent you pictures of the the final bottle caps right yeah yeah i saw how, how they work together and everything i'm super excited to play on that one when we get to that stage yeah, yeah i mean it's hard to exercise restraints when when uh we're deciding like component sizes and things like that because on one hand <laughs> it, it'd be a little cheaper for us to to make these components smaller the punch out the punch board token smaller um and then there's less punch boards in, in the game. And, and so that's nice from a cost perspective. But every time you give us art, I'm like, we need to show this off. And this needs to like, you know, <laughs> you have earned a nice big token here. <laughs> and so like those, those bottle cap tokens are like literally the, the dimensions of a real bottle cap. They're pretty large and uh, they're, they're so satisfying to handle. And, uh, we're, you know, we also have the deluxe version, the uh, plastic bottle cap tokens with your your designs going to be printed on those as well. So yeah, soda smugglers. I I've told Paul this, but we need to get into the, uh, the soda crafting business after, after we uh, get bite wing games up and running. <laughs> Cause we, we've really, you, Oh, definitely. Yeah. You've come up with some amazing brands. I'll be honest. I definitely want to try that at all tropic, but I might pass on the granny bath, bath bubbles. <laughs> I don't know the, the, the Puma on the box cover smuggling it. So it's gotta be good. Right. <laughs> it has got to be good <laughs> oh man well yeah well speaking of the the puma fiosi um it was interesting the first thing you approached with that as well because um it's a card game first and foremost with uh you know a deck of cards that go from one to 55 as well as a you know nine hierarchy cards so those are like the main components of the game but the secondary component are these family tiles. And, uh, you know, if you if you win with one of your cards and you decide to put it on the hierarchy, then you got to put your family tile on it, too. And to designate that that was your winning card and you're going to be attached to that for the rest of the game, for better or worse. And uh, but I thought it was so cool how the first thing you approached with Puma Fiosi was the the family emblems. I think the emblems um, were just the the deepest place to go to to develop the world, you know. Because if we started developing the characters, then we're developing from the the end of the story, you know. And so to tell the story, I think we needed to develop who the family was that these characters are coming from, you know. And so, so that's why I went straight for that because it would create a deep lore and expand on the the world that we had already started by starting Soda Smugglers, and and then we kind of knew a little bit about the crime families who ran everything and i'm sure they have their hand in the soda business too you know <laughs> and so that's that's why i approached that and also it's just it was the best way to create a an illusion of a culture within within the game you know 
the family tiles gives me an option to to uh develop backstories and and you know like we have the knuckle brothers uh <laughs> so, cool. you know, so it kind of gives gives a hint that they're like that they're like going to beat people up you know rather yeah. than pulling out a knife or or a gun they're they just want to want to bruise people they're the bruising <laughs> you know side of the of, of the promofi or of the promafia yeah um so yeah it just gave me a lot of a lot of room to develop the the world first yeah that was a, that was a brilliant way to approach it because as you said the knuckler brothers they have you know you'll see this in the game they have these brass knuckles with like three uh three heads on the knuckles being the brothers uh, with these really cool kind of almost like spartan helmets would you say or how would you describe the the way you design those yeah i was thinking so actually here's a fun fun little easter egg in there those uh the three heads on there is a direct copy off of uh my mother's family crest wow she, her crest has three three uh helmets like that on it wow. and it's supposed to be the helmets of three brothers and so <laughs> So that's where that is. It's a nod to my mom's family crest. So you you are part of the bloodline of the Knuckler Brothers, is what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, that I, I, that one's my favorite one. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you did. You not did. Not that I'm going to beat anyone up. But... <laughs> you did a you did a killer job with those, and I love how you even integrated it into the the Pooh Mafia boss's chair. Uh, the the back of his chair. It's just like this is the coolest yeah. chair ever, you know. So again, we got to go get into the uh, the soda business and probably the furniture business thereafter because I would buy that furniture for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and part uh, another huge part of the Puma Mafiosi and the greater Criminal Capers universe is the Boss Knife and the Boss Rose. These are things that show up either front and center or subtly in the background across all three games. And so you have given me the rundown on the story behind the boss knife and the boss knit rose and the way you design those and why they're designed the way they are and what's the story behind them. And you got to share this with everybody else because it, it blew my mind how much, you know, <laughs> lore there was behind this this rose and a, and a knife that look really cool. But then when you hear more about it, it's like, oh, this is amazing. Yeah, so so the, the, boss, the boss knife was the first thing that I came up with and, um, and it's just this knife. I kind of was like, I wanted some sort of a kind of a logo, you could say, that would represent the boss. So just I could sneak it in anywhere. It gave me Easter egg ability to sneak it in places mm -hmm. and it going up. If you look on the illustrations as they come out, there's going to be some of them have it on, have the boss knife on a belt buckle or stuff like that, you know, so it's in there. And then the boss rose uh, was kind of a secondary because I felt like the knife wasn't unique enough. So I threw the boss rose on the boss knife. Mm -hmm. And then um, then from there, the boss rose developed into its own emblem to be used. And the boss rose is a little different than the regular rose. It's a single rose with a very large thorn. Mm -hmm. You know, and that thorn, uh, what I figured in that world is that thorn represents the boss, you know, and uh, when when someone's trying to climb within the within the Pumafia, they're trying to climb up and up the ladder, get higher up, get closer to the boss. Yeah. If the boss likes them, he gives them the rose. If he doesn't like them, he gives them a rose. And so if you get a rose from the boss, you know it means two things. <laughs> One is you're you're either being promoted or the other is you're you're going to disappear and you have just a moment to go tell your family goodbye. <laughs> and uh 
and I, it, within the world, I was thinking that the person receiving it would know which <laughs> which side of the rose they're getting if they're getting right. the thorn or if they're getting the 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 flower head, you know, and and so they just know immediately whether they're climbing or whether they're whether they're disappearing. And so it was just fun. And that's not part of the mechanics of the game or anything. That was just fun to develop. And, um, you know, like as we as we developed it, we liked it and we decided to push it, which I'm I'm glad that Nick, I'm glad you liked that because it's really given me a lot of uh, range to push it into other little Easter egg areas for for uh, people who are dedicated to the illustrations to find, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you said it's not mechanical, but actually coincidentally it, it works very well because in Puma Fiosi, every player gets a, we call them right now a wealth point card and a penalty point card. And because when you are winning and placing these cards on the hierarchy, you're going to, wherever they end up, you're going to get usually wealth point cards, positive points, wealth points, positive points. And if you get bumped down the hierarchy at any points, then you take penalty points. And so it's the same token and whichever card it's on determines whether it's basically positive or negative points, but basically it's exactly what you're saying. You know, if they're on the wealth point card there, it's a good thing. Um, and if they're on yeah. the penalty point card, um, then that is a bad thing. And you're going to lose some points at the end of that particular game. And, you know, at the bottom of the hierarchy, there's a, right now we have a, the chalk drawing, <laughs> the outline of a, <laughs> uh, you know, deceased Pooh Mafia member. And yeah, they, they take negative, you know, those penalty points as well. So I, I felt like, you know, it fit in like a glove coincidentally. And, you know, that's something Reiner Kinesia designed. And yet you here you've made, you know, coming from it at a different angle, you've made something that fits it very well. Yeah. Well, as an illustrator, I feel like that's my job is, you know, because going into it, I have, um, I have, uh, you know, the people who are going to play are, are one factor. And then the mechanics from the game, that's another factor, you know, and, and then just visual storytelling, that's another factor. And it's just my job as an illustrator to merge everything mm. in a way that, you know, not only just tells a story, but creates kind of a, a dance, a play, a, mm. something playful, you know, so, so it just captures, captures, uh, the players into the world a little bit deeper and that's that's the advantage of of being an illustrator is i can take things that are already developed into that new level and just connect everything and that's that's what it was that's what that boss rose ended up being it was just a great way to connect everything the mechanics the the um players and 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 then also to get bite wing connected because now that's kind of becoming a a little icon that's across all three games you yeah. know yeah. Yeah. And you've done an excellent job with it. And, you know, uh, as a gamer now I have, you know, almost 200 games in my collection and I've, I've played many more than that as well. And I, I've been impressed by games and productions that do put a lot of heart and thought and effort into the art style. I think leader games, um, is a really good example of this. And, there are others out there, a lot of really good artists. I recently did a podcast and blog post about them. But um, to me, that players 
they they enjoy games in different ways and everybody has different personalities some are there for the mechanics and the the crunchy decisions others are there for the theme and the narrative that emerges from play some are there for the interaction that they get to have with their friends and then some their highlight of a particular game could be the art you know they they uh maybe they're not much of a gamer themselves but when a friend talks them or a family member talks them into playing and suddenly they're holding these cards that look gorgeous they're looking at this board or this box that's just like wow this is really cool and uh you know that there's much to explore there hopefully if if a lot of you know thought has been put into it and so that's that's been something very important to me and uh starting bitewing games as, as something that we want to put into each of our games is is very thoughtful and interesting and and entertaining illustrations um you, can, you know because it's that's all part of the, ex- the overall experience and package and uh you know we haven't talked about mm-hmm. hot lead yet um is there anything in particular you want to share? That's, that's the, you know, last one that you started working on. Uh, well, actually Puma Fiosi, you, you kind of j- jumped over to hot lead and circled back to Puma Fiosi and, and now you're circling back to finishing up hot lead, but it doesn't matter what, what's, uh, I guess, influenced your, um, design work in hot lead in particular. Um, I think on, on hot lead, it was, it was just a lot of fun to jump in because it was the complete opposite of, uh, you know, what the, the crime family of the of the pumas was you know it was yeah. nice to to jump into that i felt like it was a a good counterbalance to what we were developing mm. and so uh as i as i did that it really helped um it helped prepare me for for puma pumafia or a puma fiosi you know it helped me prepare for that in a way that was by doing the opposite of what it was if that makes mm. any sense yeah it just and so, and then that's also where we we really get to take off and just do all sorts of different animals over there. And it's really fun because at that point, the silhouettes of the illustrations and everything are just so extreme, you know, because I can do, like we've got an elephant as a, one of the lead mm-hmm. lead characters. And that's yeah. just really fun because he's so different from a, a cat, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. And I, I love the way you've illustrated <laughs> this, this super tall, bulky buff, you know, uh, really, I guess, uh, what's the word uh impressive elephant you know somebody intimidating is the <laughs> word i'm looking for based on his size but then he has he has this tiny little gun in his hand and this is this tiny little hat hanging off the corner of his head and like it all comes together just in such a, a fun <laughs> very paul way and uh, i really appreciate <laughs> those subtle touches that you put in there one thing that's been fun about the um about the the three games is I've, I'm approaching each one in a different, a slightly different, um, you know, like illustration style, even though I'm still trying to put my signature on it. You know, the cross hatching is really something that a lot of people, my fans seem to like is, mm. is that. And so I'm, I'm putting that all into the, every single one of them, but I'm approaching it technically a little different on each one. So each game should feel a little different on the table from when one person plays or a person plays one game to when they play another game. And that's something that's been a lot of fun too, is to try to make them so they all fit together, but they're all also super divided too. Yeah. I think you've done a really good job with that. We have prototypes of, of some of your latest artwork that we've been testing, you know, the visual design of and, and showing to people around here. And 
Um, yeah, I, I agree. And even we've been taking some of your, the art assets and, and graphic design assets you've given us to make the Kickstarter page. And uh, it's been interesting to try to like, when I've tried to put together, you know, a Pumafia character and a hot lead character, how, when they're right next to each other, it's like, oh, these were done in very different ways. And, and they look, you know, they look cool in their own unique way. But um, as you say, they have distinct flavors within the same universe. Um, and I guess to you, you said the Knuckler brothers are probably your favorite Pumafia family. Um, is, is it all, it's all Tropic. Is that your favorite soda that you designed of the bunch or? Um, it's actually the, the, um, what's it called? The, the snake, oh, snake, the snake ginger. ginger. I forget the name of it now. Snake oil ginger, right? Yeah. The, the ginger ale with, yep. yeah, the snake oil ginger. Yeah. 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 That's my favorite one, that but I'm a huge one. ginger ale fan. And, oh, cool. um, and also, I like the idea of snake oil. You know, it's like the old uh, medicines that would sell that you know people used to go around and sell that would cure everything, or they'd claim it would cure everything. Right. And so, I it's just two of my favorite things coming together in a very odd way. You know, that is cool. Yeah, uh, I like not I like... that I believe in snake oils, but just <laughs> yeah, sure. I like the design of that <laughs> bottle too. It's got a rustic, rustic feel to it, and I think you nailed that. Um, yeah, how about uh, the Pooh Mafia characters and the hot lead characters of the ones you've illustrated so far? What's what's been your favorite Pooh Mafiosi illustration and your favorite hot lead illustration? Um, my favorite Pooh Mafia illustration is uh, it's the I call her the singer or yes. Jessie. Uh, she's my favorite. She's she's that she's the Puma that's got the rocket launcher. You know, and, and, uh, and the bright red she's dress. In her, yeah, red dress. And it looks like she just walked right out of the club and she's about ready to blow up some tank or something, you know. And <laughs> she brought just, down the house and then she's going to bring down the house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So she's my favorite. And, yeah. and, uh, but I mean, it, you know, I don't know. I, I find that when I first draw some, I get really insecure about them. Mm. And then as people respond really well to them, then they start to become my favorite. So the the paper bag guy is actually probably one of my favorites. He's dressed so sharp and he's got this paper bag on his head because he's trying to hide his identity, yeah. you know, and, and he's just looking like he's really caught, like he's in trouble, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so he's becoming one of my favorite yeah, characters. Yeah. He, he'll probably outdo outdo the rocket launcher gal eventually <laughs> oh man yeah the first time you sent me the the sketch for the the paper bag guy i just laughed out loud i was like this is amazing <laughs> and uh yeah i've enjoyed putting him on some of our advertisements and stuff and yeah the the one lady i've i've referred to her just in our emails as lady lethal <laughs> because <laughs> lady lethal yeah because yeah, you've got lady cola and in you know soda smugglers you got lady lethal and puma Fiosi, and then you got the lead lady llama detective and hot lead so you got three ladies across the board and, and plenty more obviously <laughs> but um yeah those those are very good illustrations how about hot lead you got any any favorites you've done there so far um i think the elephant and you know like yeah. i don't mean to be repetitive on him but what i really liked about him was was um he was the first one that came out that has really set the style for that whole game. Mm. And I did just like I do with any illustration. I do research before I get jumping in. Mm. And so I was reaching, uh, researching around detectives and looking at, at just what was out there. 
as far as images. And I wanted to create something stereotypical. And, and uh, I, I, I wanted something that looked a little Perry Mason, but not, you know, somewhere between Dick Tracy and Perry Mason. It's kind of what I was aiming for. Yeah. And, um, and I feel like he landed neither of those. And that's what I liked about him. He, oh, nice. he was inspired by them, but he is just his own character, completely his own, you know? Yeah. And he just set set the mood. And from there, I think every other character will um, kind of orbit or follow what his lead is. So that's mm-hmm. that's why he's my favorite. No pun intended. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, yeah, he's on the box cover and and he's definitely one of my favorites as well. And for those who have seen our Kickstarter page and all the gorgeous illustrations and cards on there, um, yeah, there there are still more hot lead illustrations to come. Those are some of the the final characters that that are going to be finished up over the coming weeks. And but we've given you plenty of of uh, illustrations and components to explore to to know what to expect from Paul here. And um, so you'll have if you are uh, have pledged already or if you're thinking about pledging we'll be sharing those teasing out those illustrations as they they come to us from paul so that'll be something to look forward to um as far as the the whole project what would you say were some of the hardest parts of the entire project from the you know any of these three games i would say uh the the scope of it um you know we've got three games and that means that there is a massive amount of files and so so uh balancing it all one thing that people don't know about artists they think that they just draw but i'm actually organizing and planning and you know there's so much that goes in before i illustrate and um so i think i think just managing those files has been one of the the most challenging thing you know because each illustration has its own file each each card face has its own file each card back has its own file and it just uh it gets really really intense the other thing was it was coloring uh everything that's always you know color theory is one of the hardest things of design Mm. trying to get colors that work together and i'm never satisfied completely with anything i've done in color but i've you know i took classes and really studied color theory pretty deeply so i know what's going out is is good and competitive with its with what's in the market but i myself will never be totally satisfied with the colors. So those are the toughest, I'd say the most challenging elements of it. Yeah, yeah, that's very interesting. I, I remember you also mentioned uh, you kind of hit, hit a wall with the uh, Pooh Mafiosi illustrations early on. You were trying to to come up with characters and il- illustrations to to put on these cards, uh, but then you kind of had somewhat of a breakthrough, would you say? Yeah, yeah, I had a good breakthrough. And that was um, what I... What I realized that I was doing is I was trying to create a finished product. Mm. And even though that's the goal, when that happens, I need to back off. You know, when I'm beginning to just get caught up trying to figure out how to get everything connected, I need to back up and just do sketches and not do finished things and just get really playful. Mm. And I'll do, you know, like I'll do sometimes one, two, three sketches that are just playing, trying to loosen up my mind so I can uh, get back into it. And that's, that's where I was as I just didn't know exactly how to present everything. And I was like trying to de- debate, do I keep the tails on the, on the Pumas or do I not do the tails? You know what I mean? Yeah. And so all of this was coming down and um, 
And I realized I was just getting too strict on myself and I needed to just play mm. and start goofing off. And that's what I did. And that's why I decided to ditch the tails because they're, they don't need them. <laughs> and, um, and then just to, just to work on the, the silhouettes of the cartoons within the, the game, because the silhouettes is what is going to be most interesting. And then just make sure each silhouette is different from, from, a the other illustrations in the game that way it just stays interesting if yeah. that makes any sense i know that was a kind of a roundabout way of answering but no yeah, yeah. there's a lot of different uh, shapes and sizes and proportions of of uh illustrations and characters in the game and and it does give it a lot of character and and very interesting to flip through the cards and and see all the differences as far as you know you you mentioned that you've done some some card game illustration in the past you you actually sent me one of them monster which is a very cool looking game with with uh monsters trying to eat children and <laughs> some of the most interesting monsters i've ever seen illustrated <laughs> and, and uh that that i got a couple of years before bite wing games and you know that that was really probably one of the major things that was like oh paul can do he can do game art you know and and not just not just uh attire and so even though you're you're kind of newer to the industry of board games and card games what were your goals and intentions coming in with this whole project and and i guess the your contributions to this industry so i wanted to to enter into the industry uh you know because i'm a fresh artist moving in and i have some styles that are kind of unique to me i do work in various styles some that are you know like like for different brands i do different styles but with this project it's been really fun because i I'm doing it in my style. And, hmm. and so I wanted to enter the industry, bring something fresh, something that hasn't exactly been seen. That's one thing when I was in school that I enjoyed uh, taking what everyone else was doing and then do it just a little different, but not so different that people couldn't connect with it, hmm. but different enough that they wanted to connect with it because hmm. they didn't see it often. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's, that's what I, I'm hoping to do with this is to enter in in a way that people are kind of like, Oh, this is a new style. You know, like I haven't seen this in the and even though there's some very common themes like the anthropomorphic animals, with this, you know, like what it doesn't. I mean, what what I'm bringing into it is is the unique mark making that is unique to me. You know, the cross hatching, the um, the messy lines instead of these really flowy lines, weighted lines. You know, I'm doing these messy lines because everyone else is doing the flowy lines i want to do something that catches an eye something that stands out and sure. so that's that's what i'm doing yeah yeah that's what i hope to bring history yeah well i think you know uh I've, I've been a fan of your instagram page it's anytime you post you know a new illustration or whatever on there uh, I've, I've always enjoyed it and stopped to look at it whereas usually i'm just scrolling over stuff and i think you're going to make a lot of fans uh new fans out of these games when they get to see you know, not only the the big upfront illustrations and these characters, but also the the tiny details on the card backs. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you know, you almost have to hold them close to see how much character and and lore you've packed into some of these games. And so, yeah, we really appreciate what you've done. And and we do have really big plans. You know, we're planning a lot of our uh, later productions around your art style and around your strengths and a lot of the, the really cool things we've seen from you in the past. And so it'll be something to look forward to from future uh, Bitewing games and, and Paul Halcyon uh, collaborations. But uh, yeah, I think, I think people have gotten a really good um, 
impression of, of your art and, and where you're coming from with it in this podcast. But I have to ask you before I forget, Paul, how did you break your toe? <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, so, uh, that's the question that I put out there because it's fun to connect over and I hope <laughs> that no one actually asks me. <laughs> so, uh, it's embarrassing. I hung a hammock, uh, um, between two trees and uh, hung it a lot higher than I should have. It was about seven feet up. Nice. And so I, I had to jump up to grab the hammock and, and I was pulling myself into the hammock and I was spinning around to uh, get on top of the hammock. And I just kept spinning and the hammock spit me out and I <sighs> fell the seven feet. I, it was just seven feet, but I fell and I landed on my toe in such a way that it broke my toe oh, <laughs> so no. it, it was it was really embarrassing because uh i had a really big audience and they all oh. watched me uh fall out of that hammock <laughs> and everyone's <laughs> like you okay and i'm like i'm okay of course i'm okay <laughs> but and they're like why didn't you just hang it lower <laughs> oh man <laughs> yeah it's so fun it to be so, up high in a hammock it's really though. embarrassing yeah it is. It is a blast. Yeah. <laughs> you, you do a lot of that. I know I've, I've seen you, uh, you know, some of your selfies and stuff hammocking out in the wilderness and that's, uh, that's like, you know, pure relaxation right there. I don't know if it gets any better than that. Yeah. Well, when I do the backpacking trip here that I've got planned, I'm going to be, uh, taking hammocks cause they're just so light. The backpacking hammocks are so light and yeah and reduce the sleeping gear needs significantly, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I do a lot of it. That's awesome. Yeah. Nice. Well, do you have anything else you want to share about this, this project or, or any, uh, I guess, Easter eggs or, or things that, that you want people to, to keep an eye out for as, as these games, you know, go on to be published? Yeah. Um, the first thing I'd like to share is just how amazing uh, you, Nick, and Kyle, and Bitewing Games have been to work with because uh, what's been wonderful about it is you've recognized, you know, that that as an illustrator, I'm I'm also a storyteller. You know, mm -hmm. uh, the the images are really a visual language. You know, and so mm -hmm. so you've given me a lot of room to develop things like the boss rows and also to incorporate that within the mechanics. And mm -hmm. so you've given me. A, the room that that I wish that every client would know to give me, you know what I mean? <laughs> and um, and it just allows me to be fully creative and work with where you're leading me and where you want me to go. So Bitewing Games has absolutely been amazing to work with and and you've been very professional about everything, which I, I really appreciate. Um, as far as Easter eggs, uh, there's, yeah, there's, there's, Easter eggs all over it. You know, you'll find the the boss rose showing up in different places. You'll find the soda smuggler. He pops up in a couple of the games, yeah. like the guy that's on the box cover of the soda, soda smugglers. Yep. You know, and so uh, there's lots of Easter eggs. I I tell I would recommend people go and and dig deep and try to find them mm -hmm. if they're if they're into finding the Easter eggs. Yeah. They're all over it. There's um. Yeah. It's, it's just been a lot of fun. So that's, that's, that's my two bits on the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. And thank you for your kind words. We, you know, as I said, we, it's been a pleasure to work with you up to this point. You continue to surprise and delight us with your concepts and illustrations and the lore that you create. 
and the the character and, and life you breathe into these worlds. And as I said, we uh, we do have big plans next year. Currently, we're looking at four games <laughs> to publish next year through <laughs> Kickstarter. Not just one campaign, though. It'll at least be two. Um, and all, all done with Paul. Granted, he has enough time and, and we don't kill him off with uh, all, the, all the work we've given him <laughs> so far. Um, and uh, so lots to look forward to, um, both with these games and beyond. And so for those of you who, who do appreciate art and graphic design and, and especially good art and games, um, please do support this Kickstarter campaign, which is live right now. It's called Reiner Knizia's Criminal Capers Collection. And uh, for your information, it's, it doesn't only support Kyle and I to, to continue to be able to publish games, but it supports Paul directly as well um, because we feel, you know, he's just as, uh, and Reiner obviously, <laughs> and because they are just as much, you know, <laughs> you know, pillars to this creation as, as us just trying to manage the project and, and make it successful and make it the best it can possibly be. So uh, thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed getting to know Paul better and, and, you know, you can just look at his illustrations and games and learn a whole lot about Paul and, and a lot of really fun and interesting things, but it's, it's fun to hear you, hear you uh, and have this conversations with you and just hear your thoughts as well. Um, but Paul, where, where can your listener, these listeners find you? And if they want to follow your work, both in Bitewing games and, and the many projects you do outside of it and the fun little doodles that you do here and there, um, where can they find you? So my, my main account would be Instagram. Uh, it was, it's uh, Paul underscore Halcyon. And uh, there's a little K in there that makes the S sound. So make sure, make sure to, to look for that or to spell that correctly. Um, but yeah, I have an Instagram, I have a Twitter, and I have a TikTok. My Twitter and TikTok are new and you know, aren't really doing anything much. So if you want to jump over there and and uh, let me know and say hi, wherever you wherever you come find me, uh, make sure to uh, you know, send me a message, say hi. I I love people and um I love aspiring artists especially. I feel like um everyone's got a story to tell me and and I just I want to want to hear your story. Yeah, Paul's Paul's a very generous uh, and kind and, and thoughtful and fun person to talk to. And so he's very approachable. Like he said, if if you do have a personal interest in art or graphic design, um, you're dabbling in it or you want to dive deep, whatever it is, Paul, Paul is definitely there to to chat and and he's a great mentor and uh, very wise, <laughs> not just in the, you know, the art world, but but in many things. And as you as you've heard, he's a he's had a lot of experiences that have, that have made him into the amazing person he is today. So Paul, we are grateful for the time you've given us today. I know you have so many, uh, I know I sometimes send you emails and, and barrage you with, with uh, things that we need done as if, you know, we're your only client, but you have many, many clients out there that, that you've got to keep happy. And so thank you for, for taking the time to do this today. Oh, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. And thanks for, for, yeah, sending these worlds to me too, too great. Appreciate you. Yeah, the first of many. This concludes another episode of the Bywing Games podcast. Another special thanks to Paul Halcyon. That's spelled H-A-L-K-Y-O-N if you want to look him up online. And if you'd like to pledge your support for the Criminal Capers collection and secure yourself copies of these games, then you have until Thursday, September 2nd to make your pledge before the campaign closes. 
For those of you who have already pledged, we thank you from the bottom of our hearts for supporting this Kickstarter project. And please, if you have any family, friends, acquaintances, strangers, whatever it may be, that even seem like they may enjoy these card games, then please share our page with them. The more people who support this project, the better we can produce these games. And the more resources we'll be able to put into future projects as well. Also, one more quick order of business before we wrap up. We are soon planning to do a Q&A podcast episode, meaning we need your questions for us to record some answers. You can submit your questions to us through many different routes. You can email your questions to nick at bitewinggames.com or you can just go to bitewinggames.com, click on the contact page and submit your questions that way. What kind of questions can you ask? Any questions. It can be about publishing. It can be about the latest games that we're playing. It can be about dentistry, whatever the heck you want. Until next week, my name is Nick Murray and this is the Bitewing Games Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>